good, super friends? It's your Dio Pepe representing the West Side, Sundan Park, 575. Here to tell you about our Patreon. Let's go, cruising down the I-10, podcast be thumping, TAC on the mic, the homeboys be nothing, knowledge bombs be dropping like with Stephen Hawking, and the laughs keep coming like with Jimmy Fallon, but you wanna be a homie, VIP, MVP, take the first toke, but it's only $2 so you don't choke, episodes be at free, a week early, gluten free, and of course, no MSGs, hook you up each show with the weekly shout out, send you stickers to Flex in the Walmart checkout. Patreon.com slash technically a conversation. Cheaper than cigarettes at the gasoline station. Patreon.com slash technically a conversation. Link in the show notes. Thank you for your donation. Our founding fathers have been attributed to greatness from penning the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution to leading us in war and becoming some of our most important public figures in history, some even becoming the first presidents of the United States. In a segment I like to refer to as boozy, floozy, or both, I will challenge Jose to guess their vice and bring up some of their drama on this episode of Technically a Conversation. Greetings, you're listening to Technically a Conversation, a podcast where we share an interesting topic or story with each other and hope you find it interesting as well. I'm one third of your hosts, Elena, and I'm joined as always by my boozy and floozy brother, Jose. How's everything going? Ah, hijo. (laughs) It's going great. How's everything going with you? Pretty good. I'm back to working nights, super friends. So I'm in the midst of adjusting my sleep schedule once again. Shout out to all my gravies. Your service and whatever it may be is greatly appreciated by someone, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) By capitalism. (laughs) Well, I mean, we can't just talk about, I mean, there's a lot of people that work night shifts. No, I know. I know. I'm just joking. (laughs) A lot of different types of people. (laughs) If you catch my drift. (laughs) So I understand the boozy, but what's up with the floozy? Oh, we'll get into that a little bit later. You know how I like to tie my greetings in with what I'm talking about. Interesting, to quote Isela. <laughs> is, it, is it really interesting? <laughs> I ask myself that every time she says that. <laughs> a very unenthusiastic, interesting. <laughs> mm, interesting. <laughs> So, in the month of February, we celebrate none other than our fearless leaders. Whatever could I be referring to, Jose? President's Day. That's right. This year, it lands on February 19th, which is the third Monday of February. That's usually when it lands. And what better way to celebrate than by talking about our founding fathers? Pop quiz hotshot, who are our founding fathers? I don't know if I can answer all of them, but I know George Washington, uh-huh. Thomas Jefferson, mm-hmm. um, John Hancock is one of them because he signed the the largest on the Declaration of Independence. He did sign, but he's not part of the Founding Fathers. Benjamin Franklin. Yes. John Adams. Yes. That's all I know. I'm Mexican, so I don't really care. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> 
James Madison, Alexander Hamilton, and John Jay, whoever the fuck that guy is. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hamilton was the bomb. I loved that musical. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard. I actually should have watched it, but I didn't have the time to, but I will after this. <laughs> it's really, really good. Yeah. The music is amazing. Yeah. Okay. So doom scrolling on Instagram was the inspiration for today's topic, which I've cleverly titled Boozy and Floozy, the Founding Fathers. <laughs> I feel like we should have a little song there or something. We should. <laughs> come up with something. <laughs> I'm sure you'll come up with something good. <laughs> yeah, I'll see. I'll see what I can do in post. Boozy and Floozy, the Founding Fathers. History Unleashed said it best. No known author. This and all sources in our show notes. Show notes. Quote. Imagine a nation built on ale-fueled debates. Could you just imagine what those conversations would be like, Jose? That sounds like just about every conversation I have with my dad. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. They're usually all ale-fueled debates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very true. <laughs> I can attest. <laughs> According to the same video, even the kids prefer to drink a pint over water. I prefer to drink a pint over water myself. But could you just imagine what it must have been like when they were putting together the Declaration of Independence? I envision it something like this. Dude, you know what would be cool? If we put somewhere in there that we are all created equal. And then someone else would say something like, yeah, and all we want in life is like life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And then someone in the background shouts, and some strippers. We can't put that in there, Jefferson. Go home. You're drunk. <laughs> Who's this Bill and Ted putting this shit together or what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Except it would be in their dialect and language with the thous and the thuses or whatever. I mean, I don't know. That's just kind of how I envision it would have gone down. I, di I didn't know how they spoke back then. And their powdered wigs. There were a lot of powdered wigs back then. A lot of them. They're probably falling off. <laughs> and their drunken stupor. <laughs> so George Washington might not be credited with being an author of the Declaration of Independence, but he is credited with being the first president of the United States. Besides his wooden teeth, Jose, what else do you know about this founding father? Wasn't he the one that cut the cherry tree or the apple tree or some shit? He couldn't tell a lie? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking he might have been able to tell a lie. We'll go into that a little bit later. I heard his teeth weren't really made out of wood either. They were made from like slave teeth. <laughs> I don't know about the slave teeth part, but you're right. They were not made out of wood. And I'll go into that a little bit right now. George Washington was a regular drinker, as so am I. <laughs> <laughs> According to thethrillist.com, an article by Ted Smith, Washington would down a bottle of Madeira at night, a fortified Portuguese wine over whiskey as his choice of strong liquor. Lame. No, just kidding. I don't know. I don't know what Madeira wine tastes like, so I can't really judge him. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've tried it either. He often accompanied that bottle with rum, punch, or beer. My man. <laughs> In that time period, that was also considered child's play. In other words, that was relatively a slow night, if you know what I mean. Washington could definitely hang. However, he once drank enough fish house punch that the thought of it made him sick and couldn't even mention it by name in his diary for three straight days. What alcohol does that for you? For me, it's tequila. Wakala. 
Yeah, tequila will fuck me up for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so what is fish house punch, you might ask? Great question, Jose. <laughs> that was actually a question that I had. All right. So what it is, it's a strong rum-based punch containing peach brandy, rum, and cognac. This drink is usually served over ice and garnished with lemon slices. And if you Google it, it's actually, you're going to see several variations of the drink. But the, that's like the gist of it. That's like the, the main components of what a fish house punch is. Very interesting. Yeah. Like Isela would say. <laughs> Washington loved to booze it up so much that his expenditure for alcohol in 1775 was a thousand percent higher than the average maintenance of that habit, like other people's habits. Oh, wow. A thousand percent. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't die of sclerosis or something. I know, right? A lot of these guys kind of lived a long time, so I don't know. Seven percent of his income while in office was spent on booze alone. When they celebrated the writing of the Constitution in an infamous farewell party, their tab totaled 89 pounds, four shillings, and two pence, or what the Washington Post estimates as $15,400 in 21st century dollars. Damn, girl. I know. Some have even speculated that the total was much higher at $17,523 because their party included 45 gallons of booze. <sighs> George Washington and about 54 of his closest war buddies consumed the following. 54 bottles of Madeira, 60 bottles of Claret, 22 bottles of Porter, 12 bottles of beer, 12 bottles of beer on the wall, 12, I'm just kidding. 8 bottles of hard cider, 8 bottles of old stock, and 7 large bowls of spiked punch, which I'm assuming is that fish house punch. <laughs> <laughs> That's such an awful name. Like hearing that doesn't make me want to try it. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I would have had the ingredients to have made it before this episode so I could have given you like my my impression, my first impression. Aye, aye. <laughs> and what happened to your dry January or whatever? Uh, dry January went down the drain. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know what? I maintained it for as long as I could, but... With the the migraines I've been having, sometimes I get home from work and I'm like, fuck it, man. But I've actually been pretty good. You know, speaking of migraines, I actually misspoke on your Tylenol episode. About the ibuprofen? The... Yes, because it actually doesn't increase your estrogen. It's actually kind of the opposite. It lowers your testosterone. So that's what was causing, um, I think his name is Alan Richter. That's what was causing him to have all the weird mood swings and shit from such high doses of ibuprofen that he was having. Yeah, I remember you telling me that like a couple days later. Yeah, well, I wanted to put it on the record just in case anybody's keeping tabs or whatever. <laughs> I know, right? They're like, my estrogen levels are too high. <laughs> <laughs> nope, it's actually your testosterone levels that are too low. Are too low. There you go, folks. <laughs> <laughs> so can you imagine what that hangover must have felt like the next day? Fuck. <laughs> ah, fuck no. I have a hangover just reading that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the staining of George Washington's teeth is what caused him to change out his teeth, leading to the myth that George Washington had teeth made out of wood. They were simply very stained dentures. 
I don't know if they were made out of his like slaves teeth, <laughs> but they were dentures and they they were very stained. Yeah, I heard that that's what they would do. Like if um you know they had they had like whatever their dentures or whatever, and if they were missing like a front tooth or whatever, they would just go to a slave and pull that tooth out <laughs> and knock that tooth out. <laughs> Well, I mean, I don't know what would be more barbaric, having it knocked out or having it yanked the fuck out. Yeah, I know. That's horrible. Well, I don't know. I, I didn't read that. I didn't go into that detail, but uh, now I'm kind of curious. <laughs> yeah. Either way, it's fucking awful. <laughs> yeah. This Super Friends is what American freedom was founded on. <laughs> Jose, was George Washington considered a ladies' man? I don't think so, because, uh, well, I don't. I never heard anything about that. I think he was married to like Mary Washington or something. Martha. Close. It's always Martha. It's the same thing in Batman v Superman. It's Martha. <laughs> always. Well, according to an article in the Chicago Tribune by BPT, there is no evidence that he was an adulterer. However, while George Washington was engaged and later married to Martha, love letters were sent to a one Sally Fairfax who was married to Washington's neighbor and good friend, George William Fairfax. Letters written to Sally suggest that Washington was in love with this beautiful and sophisticated woman. I know. <laughs> While engaged to Martha, at a time that Washington thought he was at death's door because he had contracted tuberculosis, which had earlier killed his older brother, he wrote to Sally pleading with her to nurse him back to health or at least be close to him before he died. She complied. It came easy to her because she only lived four miles away, and her husband was away in England for the winter. It was those brown teeth. Those brown teeth are so sexy. <laughs> <Wakala>. <laughs> she complied because of the brown teeth, and they really attracted her. <laughs> that was the Spanish fly of the 1700s. Gross. <laughs> Although none of her letters to Washington have ever been recovered, maybe because he destroyed them or Martha did once he passed. What we do know is one of the last letters written to Sally. After winning the Revolutionary War and serving two terms as president, Washington wrote, quote, Many important events occurred and changes in men and things have taken place. But all the events taken together have not been able to eradicate from my mind the recollections of those happy moments, the happiest of my life, that I have enjoyed in your company. Oh, he's a sweetheart. Such a sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> so he might have been a lazy, a lazy, a lazy man, not a lazy man at all. <laughs> it was a tuberculosis that made him lazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but did not kill him because, you know, still lived on and married Martha, even though he was in love with Sally. But he was boozy and floozy. Nice. All right, so let's talk about our second president, John Adams. What do you know about him, Jose? I'm ashamed to say that I don't know very much about him. Yeah, neither did I, but he was our first ever vice president. <laughs> oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> he was the Joe Byron of his era. Byron? Joe Byron. <laughs> In a segment that I like to call, is he boozy, floozy, or both? What's your guess? I want to say it was both. All right, let's find out. Here are some facts that you might not know about our late president, John Adams. And in this case, you definitely do not know because we just <laughs> discussed that. <laughs> All right. An article written by 
Anya Kane for businessinsider.com details his daily routine. Adams was very much a proponent of early to bed, early to rise. He usually started his day before dawn as early as 5 a.m. Weather. I know. <laughs> he typically ate breakfast around 8 a.m., but not without his gill of hard cider. He later wrote, quote, I shall never forget how refreshing and salubrious we found it, hard as it often was, end quote. He's talking about cider, my friends. <laughs> Get your mind out of the gutter. <laughs> <laughs> when he traveled to Philadelphia, he would instead drink Philly beer. He wrote to his wife, Abigail Adams, once, quote, I drink no cider, but feast on Philadelphia beer, end quote. By 3 p.m., the Adamses ate dinner as a family, and there isn't much out there about Adams and his pursuit of drinking, except for the fact that he really loved hard cider and also enjoyed Madeira wine. Was Adams an adulterer, Jose? I think I had said it both. Yeah, you did. The answer is there is no evidence that would suggest that he ever cheated on his wife. <laughs> Big hard no. <laughs> He was known to be a religious man who kept very detailed reports about his expenditures while he was away. Adam seems to be calmadito compared to his salacious counterpart, Washington. Let's move on to President Numero Tres, number three, Thomas Jefferson. But before we do, I think this would be a good time for an ad break. Welcome to Hashtag History. I'm Rachel. And I'm Leah. And if you're a history nerd or even a history hater, this is the podcast for you. Even if history was your least favorite subject in school, we can guarantee you will like this podcast because we talk about all the things that your history textbooks did not. Things like how the Bonnie Prince Charles and his Jacobite uprising was a bit of a disaster. Yeah, or how the pharaoh Akhenaten was so disliked by Egyptians that they literally purged his name from nearly all of their records and pretended like he had never existed. And we do all of this while drinking and rating a custom-made cocktail specific to that week's topic. So grab a drink, take a seat, and hang out with us each week as we learn all about history's greatest stories of controversy, conspiracy, and corruption. Welcome to Scary Savannah and Beyond. We're a podcast based in the Savannah, Georgia area. Savannah is widely known as the most haunted city in America. We bring you stories not just from Savannah, but from all over. Thus, the beyond. We cover a myriad of topics on our show, including the paranormal, oddities, unsolved mysteries, true crime, and bi-weekly reports from our local police blotter. We also do a weekly segment called What We're Watching. And we'll also discuss the ongoing antics of our two furry canine friends on our segment, Layla and Coffee Talk. So tune in every week on Sundays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time to Scary Savannah and Beyond. Everywhere podcasts are sold. You know podcasts are free. What do you mean free? I'm doing this for free? That's scary. No, that's Scary Savannah and Beyond. We're back. We're back. 
Did you grab any good ciders during the break? Nope. I'm still drinking my bourbon. Awesome. Is it good? Yeah. It's uh, early times, bottled and bond. Awesome. Pretty good stuff. And I'm thinking I'm going to have to get with my with my guy, Brett, from the, the last podcast ad we heard. Yeah. Got to show him where we sell the good podcast, where you can make some <laughs> money on the black market selling them. Aye, aye. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if there's such a thing. Well, there probably is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so before the break, we talked about our first and second president's drinking habits, as well as their maybe indiscretions. Moving on to our third fearless leader, Thomas Jefferson. Jose, what can you tell me about him? Well, I know that he had a lot of lovers with um, some of the female slaves that he kept. Yes. I think he was a very big proponent of the First Amendment, the freedom of speech. And that's about all I can say, because again... I'm not very good when it comes to American history or especially history about the forefathers. Yeah, I know. Me neither. (laughs) (laughs) So far, we've come up with the conclusion that our founding fathers were probably inebriated at the time that the Constitution was written. Oh, yeah. Yes. So you say that he was a floozy for sure. What about boozy or both? I don't know. I don't think I've ever heard anything about him drinking, but I had also never heard about uh, George Washington drinking. So I'm assuming if you're bringing him up, it's going to be both. All right, let's let's find out. In an L.A. Times article written by Jack Smith titled Thomas Jefferson Under the Influence, Jefferson is said to have been in a tavern during one of the drafts of the Declaration of Independence. Picture this. Thomas Jefferson sitting in a tavern, a blank page of parchment in front of him, and a freshly poured ale. Then he touches his pen to the paper and he begins to scribble. When in the course of human events, dot, dot, dot. How interesting to think that Jefferson and the others may have been under the influence of writing one of the most important documents in history. This might be the reason why inalienable is misspelled as unalienable. In some other of his writings, he writes inalienable correctly. The scenery might also be the reason why he left out women in the phrase, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. Or maybe we can just blame the patriarchy for that. Definitely the patriarchy because they didn't even have the right to vote. Right? Speaking of patriarchy, did you know how much of a man whore Jefferson was? Well, you just told me (laughs) (laughs) Earlier that you did. (laughs) (laughs) I was watching some something on YouTube or something where they had like all these people that uh, they did that 23 and me or whatever. Mm, That's what I was about to bring up. It's Key and Peele. Well, Key and Peele is a comedy. This was actually like something that was real. No, yeah. Oh, well, it was an Ancestry.com commercial that they made up. Oh, okay. Go go ahead then. Yeah. So Key and Peele, they did this really funny short which I'll share in the link if you and our super friends want to, if you're interested in seeing it. But the gist of it is that it's an Ancestry.com commercial and several people are claiming to be descendants of Thomas Jefferson. And of course, they're all black. So that's the funny part. And at the very end, there's like this lady that comes out. I'm a descendant of motherfucking Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good one. I don't know if it's the same one that you're talking about, but um, it's kind of sounds like it. It's not. The one that I saw was actual like real people that they were doing the 23andMe or whatever, the DNA test. 
you know how it shows you like you know like what regions your family's from and everything and they they all happen to be black people so they were like yeah because you have like descendants like in, in africa and shit and in the united states and i guess like they looked more into it and a lot of them were descended of Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'm I'm assuming then that Ken Peel ripped off the idea from that. Then <laughs> I don't know if I would say ripped off, but they were probably influenced by it. Oh, influenced. Yeah. We, that's what I meant. <laughs> I'm inebriated. Leave me alone. No, just kidding. <laughs> yeah, but there were like a few people that they had on there. They were like, "Oh fuck, I can't believe that I'm like related to this fool." Yeah. Well, Cal State has a really neat family tree of Jefferson showing how he had just one daughter with his wife, Martha, also named Martha. <laughs> it's always Martha. It always comes down to Martha. <laughs> Not the same Martha as George Washington. <laughs> There's a different Martha, Martha Wills. So he had one daughter with his wife, but he fathered seven kids with his slave and mistress, Sally Hemings. I don't know if there were other mistresses, but this is the one that, um, this is a well-known one, I guess. You could say. Of course, the link will be in the show notes so you could see that beautiful Christmas tree. No, <laughs> family tree. <laughs> okay. So I, I guess I get a bell on this one, right? Yes. Jefferson was no stranger to scandals. An alcoholic Scottish journalist named James Thomas Callender may have let the cat out of the bag and published Jefferson's indiscretions in 1802. Besides fathering seven children with his slave slash mistress, he and his old buddy, none other than John Adams, president number two, displayed a very public feud. Once best friends, when Jefferson lost the presidency to Adams, Adams asked him to be his VP, and he denied it. In 1800, these two were pitted against each other as contenders for the presidency, and a sour Thomas Jefferson called Adams a hermaphrodite. That was actually published in the newspaper. <laughs> Adams claimed that if people voted for Jefferson, they would have murders all the time, incest, wives sleeping around. And then Jefferson rebutes this by claiming that Adams ships prostitutes in from all over and that he's a hermaphrodite. So then Adams goes to the paper and he has them publish that Jefferson's dead. Were these fools Republican or what? These, these are like the early Republicans or some shit. <laughs> so they were actually, yeah, they actually had um, opposing points of view as far as the law came. So one was Republican, the other was Democrat. And at one point they were best friends. But then when Adams won and Jefferson lost to him, he just became real bitter and they just started feuding against each other. And uh, I guess like their social media of the day was to go to the newspaper and be like, guess what? Fucking Adams is a hermaphrodite. And then the other one come back and, well, you know what? Jefferson's dead. So you can't even vote for him. <laughs> it was pretty bad. You know what? I had to check just because I know that it was going to bother me. What? So Thomas Jefferson was part of the Republican Party. Okay. John Adams was from the Federalist Party, which like that shit doesn't even exist anymore. No, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, but they, they had opposing viewpoints. So Thomas Jefferson was the OG MAGA. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> so they were like a bunch of kids just writing negative stuff about each other. They'd go to the newspapers and be like, hey, you know, publish this. And they'd eat it up and they'd do it. And so this guy that outed 
Jefferson about his mistress, he actually had employed him prior to that so that he would write a bunch of negative negative stuff about Adams. Long story short, they didn't talk for years. And then Adams started writing to Jefferson. Jefferson writes back. They become friends again. And although they were miles apart, they both die on the same day, Independence Day in 1826, the 50th anniversary of the signing of the Declaration of Independence. I know, crazy, huh? How romantic, yeah. Super. (laughs) Newspaper reports that Adam's last words were, Jefferson still lives. He had no clue that just hours earlier, Jefferson had died. Hmm. We don't know what Jefferson's last words were. (laughs) How I love that man. How I love and miss him. (laughs) All right. So on to founding father number four, also known as the fourth president of the United States, James Madison. Was he boozy, floozy, or both? I think I'm just going to answer both for all of these (laughs) and have my hand cautiously on the buzzer ready to press (laughs) it. Well, as far as his drinking habits go, he was not a heavy drinker, at least compared to his other counterparts. He was a fan of drinking champagne, but not more than just a few glasses because he said that it would give him a headache the next day. Same Z's, Maddie. Me too. (laughs) This mild manner guy had no children of his own, and accounts of his dating life didn't really start until his 40s when he courted the widow of Quaker lawyer John Payne Todd, a Mrs. Mary Todd. Mary, this is not Martha. (laughs) (laughs) The mother of a two-year-old son was quite the looker and caught the eye of Jimmy. (laughs) Madison really wanted to meet her, and after six months of dating, he proposed. But she turned him down, stating that it was far too soon. Not giving up, He continued to date her, and they eventually married. They were married for 40 years and are known in history as one of the happiest and most devoted presidential couples in history. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I actually have that. (laughs) All right. Founding father number five, Benjamin Franklin. Uh, what can you tell me about him? I'm, I'm sure you can come up with something on this guy. Yeah. Um, he was famous for his kite experiment. Right. I hear that they found a bunch of dead bodies in his basement after he had died. <laughs> yes. What is up with that? <laughs> uh, he, he was a very prolific inventor. Like He pretty much invented everything back in the day, like the eyeglasses, he wrote the poor, was it the poor Richard's almanac or poor man's almanac or some shit like that? Yeah. So contrary to popular belief, he had the kite experiment, but he did not invent electricity. And he did not invent the kite either. <laughs> he did not. <laughs> Nor lightning. <laughs> Nor the key. <laughs> yes. He was also the only one who signed all four of the documents that helped to create the United States. The Declaration of Independence in 1776, the Treaty of Alliance, Amity, and Commerce with France in 1778, the Treaty of Peace between England, France, and the United States in 1782, 
And I must have forgotten to write the fourth, which I'm assuming is the Constitution, (laughs) (laughs) which I have no idea what year that was in. (laughs) All right. Was he boozy, floozy, or both? I've never heard of him having any women. So I think that, and he was an inventor too. So you don't have time to invent shit if you've got women in your life. Uh, So I want (laughs) to say that he was boozy, boozy only. All right. Well, as far as his boozy status goes, I couldn't find anything that would suggest that he was a drinker. Apparently, he was quite the opposite and may have actually despised drunks. That's what made him healthy, wealthy, and wise. (laughs) However, he was a womanizer. He was a fan of women. He loved them and couldn't get enough of them. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yes. Several articles even list the names of his lovers, such as Catherine Ray, Margaret Stevenson, Polly Stevenson, Margaret's daughter, Madame Brion de Joie. I don't know if I'm saying that right. And Madame Helvetius, amongst others. No, Martha's? No, actually, just Margaret. (laughs) I think his wife was Martha, though. (laughs) I think he was married to a Martha, I want to say. But this lady that he was married to was actually married to somebody else. So it was just a common law relationship. Mm. So I get a big old buzzer on this one. Yes. He even wrote advice to a friend on choosing a mistress And you can find that article in our show notes. But do you want to know what his advice was? Get yourself a cougar. Although it's strange that he went for Polly, but I'm guessing that after Polly, he realized that you want somebody with experience. Yeah, that's usually the case. (laughs) (laughs) For the sake of time, I'm going to lump these two together. Founding fathers number six and seven, Alexander Hamilton and John Jay. Jose, was Hamilton boozy, floozy, or both? I know definitely he was floozy because he had a mistress in Hamilton the play. Um, not sure about boozy. That part, I don't, I don't remember. But uh, I'll say he was both. Oh, you were so close. I couldn't find much about his drinking habits, but he is part of the floozy club. <laughs> <laughs> While he was the secretary of treasury, he had an affair with Mariah Reynolds. The husband discovers this affair and extorts him for about $1,000 in today's money. James Reynolds, the extortionist, which sounds kind of weird, he gets arrested and is trying to get out of it and exclaims that he has information on Hamilton and accuses him of embezzling. Future president James Monroe confronts him and Hamilton comes clean about the affair. Meanwhile, this information is later published in a newspaper because, again, this was the social media of their day. And last but not least, number seven, John Jay. Was he boozy, floozy, or both? Both. That is my final answer. Honestly, I couldn't find much information on this guy at all. (laughs) (laughs) For all we know, he could have been both. The only thing that I could find on this guy was a bunch of his accomplishments. So I don't know. He could have been boozy, could have been floozy, could have been both. He could have been either. And who was Double J again? Or whatever you said? John J. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> You're like, who is that guy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's what I said. I was like, why is this guy like founding father number seven? <laughs> was he a president or something? No, he wasn't a president either. Also, like the last name is J, like J-A-Y. Mm-hmm. 
Oh shit, I thought you were like trying to be cute or something with the name. <laughs> no. <laughs> John J, double J. Yeah. <laughs> All righty then. So before we wrap things up, we're going to shout out our Patreons. And Jose, please do the honors for me because I don't have the list of the people. Special shout out to our super homie, super friends, Sophia, Natasha, Eric, and Angie. And if you want to be super cool and help support the show, get the episodes a week early and ad-free, get your name shouted out on the show, and get some stickers from us a few times a year. Check out patreon.com slash technically a conversation or check the show notes. And best of all, it's only $2 a month. You can't even buy a bottle of uh, salamanders, fish oil, or whatever the fuck. Fish bowl punch. Oh, fish bowl punch. <laughs> Salamander. <laughs> Sounds disgusting. <laughs> Salamander's fish oil. <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> we hope you enjoyed the show and join us again next week. If you're enjoying the show, leave us a review, tell a friend, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah. Follow us on the socials at GreetingsTAC, email us at GreetingsTAC at gmail.com, or leave us a voicemail at 915-317-6669 if you have anything to share with us. About our presidents. Or about your boozy or floozy status. <laughs> that actually sounds a lot more interesting than about the presidents. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let me say that again. Picture this. It's not too Mexican. Picture this. Picture this, man. <laughs> watcha. Watcha. Thomas Jefferson. You know who is sitting down? No. Okay. <laughs>